0: You ready to learn something about your pastor here today? I collect swords. I have a big sword collection in my office, and uh, here's where it all started. I was 15 years old, and I went on my first missions trip to Belang, Brazil. Uh, I was in the Amazon jungle basin, spending the summer there building a church. And uh, when we arrived in Brazil, it was a bunch of teenagers, and they said, "You get to buy your own hammock because you're sleeping in a hammock all summer, and you get to buy your own machete because everybody in Brazil has a machete." How many know that's a blast for a 15-year-old boy, right? <laughs> so I have this machete all summer long. I cut down a banana tree. I mean, I mean, I was having a blast with this thing. And I brought it back from my first missions trip, and ever since then, I have been buying a sword or a dagger or something uh, from the missions trips that I go on. Now, this one here that I'm holding in my hand will be a prop for the sermon, but it's actually not from a missions trip. It's actually the product of a late-night infomercial. <laughs> yeah. I just got caught up in it, and uh, <laughs> I actually bought 200 knives and a sword, and, and uh my wife said, you better sell some. So I walked around for a while saying, save a marriage, by a knife. So that's where this is from. And, uh, but anyways, it'll work for the sermon today, and now it'll redeem itself. But anyways, I have this one here, and then I have a couple other uh, uh, swords that I have. And uh, just have a couple here that I want to show you. I have a lot more than this, but this one here was actually traded for a Bible. Uh, one of our missionaries to Sudan traded this for a Bible with a guy. It's an actually used sword. And uh, it reminds me how precious the Word of God is because this man was willing to give up a sword to get a Bible. And uh, this one here is from uh, Vietnam and was able to go on a trip there and buy that. And so you can see everywhere I go, I try to do that. Even when we went to um, Israel, I was able to buy uh, this sword. I really enjoy this one, a little smaller sword, kind of ornate. And then really sharp point, Uh, don't worry, I don't let any of the kids Touch these. I was like, "Can I touch that?" No, you can't. You can't touch it when they come to the office. And uh, then when I was in Argentina, they didn't have swords. Um, in Argentina, they all have these little knives like this, and they are razor, razor sharp. Um, and if you know about Argentina, they have a lot of beef there. That's a, a big thing. And all the guys uh, have one of these little knives here. And uh, when we went on missions trip, uh, our global team to Argentina. We had steak every day, so some of you just felt the call to go to Argentina. I said to the leader, don't, you don't have to feed us steak every day, you can feed us chicken. He goes, why? Chicken's more expensive. I was like, steak is good. All right. So that was this. And then, you know, if I go to a country and they don't believe in weapons, I just adapt, you know, to whatever they have. And so I uh, went to Australia and I could not find a knife or a sword or anything, but I brought back a deadly boomerang and Anthony will give lessons in the parking lot later. Um so I've got these swords here today, and it's because as we're doing the armor of God, we have the sword of the spirit, and that's what we're talking about in Ephesians 6:17. The apostle Paul says, "Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." Now, if you're like me, you probably would think that the sword of the spirit that he was talking about was a big sword, something like this. And uh, I want to let you know that it's not what he was talking about. Uh, a Roman soldier actually had five swords. Uh, one of the swords that he had was similar to this. It wasn't exactly the same as this. It was called a two-handed sword. It was large. It was very intimidating. It worked kind of like a crowbar. It had a lot of different purposes that they would use uh, with a large sword. But it didn't really take out the enemy for the most part. The sword that they really used a lot was actually a lot smaller. It was actually uh, about 22 inches long, much more like this one. And this is the actual type of sword that the Apostle Paul is talking about when he says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now I have both of these in my hands and they serve for a purpose because I want to let you know that I believe this large sword represents the entire Word of God. And the word that the Bible uses when it talks about the entire Word of God is logos. And that's our whole Bible, the Logos. That's the Word of God. And we talked about in week one, the belt of truth. It's the entire Word of God. And that's the large sword in our life. But what the Apostle Paul is using here when he says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, he actually doesn't use the word Logos. He actually uses the word Rhema. Now, some of you may have heard that. You may have heard of Rhema Bible College, or you may have heard of a Rhema word. And the word that he was actually talking about was the short sword, the small sword that a soldier would have, the one that would be in his hands, uh, ready to be used at a moment's notice, one that could go under the armor or over the armor or around the armor of the opponent that would be used for the exact moment to go after the enemy. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul was talking about. Now the Logos word, the word Logos, that's the entire word of God, but the Rhema word. The rhema word that God gives you is a specific word that the Holy Spirit makes powerful for that moment in your life. It may be an exact verse that you needed at the exact moment, the exact time to overcome the exact battle that you were in. It's that moment where the the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and it like jumps off the page. How many know what I'm talking about? Where you're reading it and maybe you're struggling with something and all of a sudden, boom, it just comes to you and it brings that peace that you needed. It brings that strength that you needed. It's the exact weapon that you need to defeat the enemy's attack on you. Because at this point in the armor, we've been looking at mostly defensive uh, pieces of the armor that we've been given. But this one, This is an offensive weapon. This is one that you're going to be able to fight back with, that you're going to be able to take ground, that you're going to be able to say, I no longer have to be tormented by that. I no longer have to move forward in fear, but I have the sword of the Spirit. I have a Rhema word, something that has been quickened to my spirit from the Word of God. Now I want to let you know the little sword, the little Rhema, it always lines up with the Logos. Some of you say, well, I got a word from the Lord, and it's some crazy idea that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Let me tell you something. That is not rhema. That is pepperoni pizza. All right? It lines up with the Word of God, but He does give us the rhema. He does give us that quickened word in the exact time that we need it. It's interesting because that's what we defeat the enemy with. A Roman historian said that the large sword rarely defeated the enemy, But the small sword, that's the one that defeats the enemy. And that's why the Apostle Paul gives us this word, rhema. And so we're going to look at this. So where do we really need a a rhema word? Why would we need like just a a short thing? And, And why would we need something quick in a moment? Well, here's why. You don't need to carry around your Bible like it's some good luck charm or garlic or whatever to ward off the enemy. What you need is a quickened word in the exact moment. And it's great if you can carry your Bible around, but what you need is a quickened word. You need a scripture, a verse, something that is for your exact moment. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. If you look at the temptation of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 4, what does he do? He's tempted by the devil. And he gives very short things. He says, man does not live by bread alone. And he quotes something from Deuteronomy. Just a quick little rhema right in the exact moment that he needed it. The devil comes with another uh, temptation, and he says, worship the Lord God only and serve him only. Just another quick little rhema, exactly what he needed. He didn't say, let me just unroll this parchment here, and let me give you the whole thing here. He had one quick little word for the exact moment that he needed it. The last one was, do not put the Lord your God to a test. He had it memorized. He had much of the Word of God memorized, and he could go ahead and go, shh, shh, shh. quick, Rhema word, in the exact moment where he needed it, when he needed it, to defeat the enemy. And we need that same thing in our life. So, where do we need Rhema words in our life? First place I can think of in the area of temptation. When you are facing a temptation, You need the word of God to become real to you. You need it to jump off the page. You need it to be there. You need the Holy Spirit to bring it to remembrance. You need that moment where it becomes so real in that moment of temptation. You're trying to figure out, I'm trying to not do this temptation. I'm trying to follow the Lord. I'm trying to go. And all of a sudden, you need the word of God to become alive to you. You need it for that specific moment. You need something like 1 Corinthians 10, 13 to jump off the page saying, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. You need to look for the emergency exit because it's there. And that becomes exactly what you need. And you're thinking, I'm not falling for this temptation. There's gotta be a way of escape and I need that. And that becomes like a sword in my hand right now to defeat the temptation that's coming against me. It's what you need. Maybe you're facing discouragement, and you're thinking, I don't know, I don't know if I can make it, I don't know if God's even there, and all of a sudden Hebrews 13, 5 comes alive. He will never leave you nor forsake you, and boom, it becomes alive to you, and instead of walking around wondering if God cares, it becomes a sword in your hand to defeat the enemy when he says God doesn't care. You say, no, that's a lie, because this is what his word says, and I've got a sword in my hand. Maybe there's a question, you know, that somebody gives you. Have you ever had this happen? You're talking to somebody, and... They ask you a question about the faith. You don't know the answer, and you're about ready to say, can I, can I phone a friend because I, I got nothing, you know? And you don't know what to say, right? And, and all of a sudden, boom, you remember a scripture, and you don't know where that came from. And boom, you got another one and another one, and you answer the question, and you, and you did it, and at the end of it, you're like, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> That's the Word of God becoming alive and becoming a, sh- a sword right in your hand, boom, 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 right for the right moment. Maybe you have a decision to make. You need a rhema word when you're making a lifelong decision. You need something. You're like, Lord, do we take this move or do we stay? Lord, do we answer this call or do this? Lord, do we do this or that? And you're wondering, what do I do? How do I make this decision? And all of a sudden, as you're reading the Word of God, the logos becomes rhema to you, and all of a sudden, it's exactly what you need for that right situation, and you have faith and confidence to make that decision for Jesus Christ. That's the rhema Word working in you. Maybe you're thinking, you know, you have anxiety, and you're wondering, how in the world can I overcome this anxiety and all of a sudden, the word becomes rhema to you because you read First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you and it becomes a sword in your hand. And when the enemy has you living in anxiety because so many Americans are living in anxiety and you're living in anxiety, all of a sudden you've got that one and you're saying, I don't need to live under that anymore. I have a sword to fight back as the enemy comes against me and it becomes living and active to you. Because how many know this is not just a book? This is the word of God. It is living. It is powerful. And the power of the Holy Spirit makes it real to you and it jumps off the page to you. Maybe you're having bad thoughts and you just can't get your thoughts under control. And you're feeling defeated. Like, I just always think about these bad things. And all of a sudden, 2 Corinthians ten five just jumps there and you're going to take captive every thought and make it subject to Christ. And that becomes your sword in your hand. And that is your rhema, man. That is for you. And you've got it, and you're cutting the enemy apart, saying, you will not defeat me. I will not think this way. My thoughts will be captive and obedient to Jesus Christ. That's an amazing thing that, the, that God does with His Word. Maybe you're reading through the Bible, and you're wondering if you should be a missionary, or probably more likely, you're reading through the Bible, praying you're not going to become a missionary. <laughs> But you should pray, well, Lord, whatever your will is. You know, remember, the the children, we say, let them blossom and bloom. Let them do whatever you've called them to do. But you're reading through there. And all of a sudden, you've read 2 Peter over and over. You've read it multiple times. But today, for some reason, when you read it, where it says God is not wanting anyone to perish, but that everyone would come to repentance, all of a sudden, it just cuts you to the heart. And it becomes something that you say, Lord, I'll answer the call. I'll go wherever you send me. I'll sell everything. And you read that scripture and you say, my life has been changed because it jumped off the page to me. The Holy Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, became so real to me. It became a rhema. And right now, for where we are in our life, we're selling everything and we're following this call because that just jumped off the page to us. It happens. It happens. Maybe you're needing a healing and a, you need a of word. You need something to jump off the page for a healing and it just grabs you and it jumps off. That's how God works. Maybe you're wondering about sacrificial giving. You're saying, Lord, I've always given. I've given systematically, but you're asking for a sacrificial gift. I feel you calling me to do this. How am I going to do this? Lord, what am I going to do? It seems like if I do this, then I won't have this. And if I do this, I, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, it just jumps off the page. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so you just say, I'll make that. I'll do the sacrificial gift because I know, Lord, you'll give me the desires of my heart. I'm gonna delight myself in you. I'm gonna seek first your kingdom and all these other things will be added, but I'm gonna seek first your kingdom. It just jumps off the page to you. That's how it works in our everyday life. The word of God has the power to change our lives and those rhema moments are what we're looking for. And some of you had a revelation here because now you understand what happens when you're reading your Bible. You're reading it and all of a sudden, just jumps up at you and it grabs you and it's right there like a sword in your hand and you didn't know it before. Now you know what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's given you a rhema word. He's given you something that will change your life. And you go and sometimes and share it with other people. You're like, listen to this verse. It's amazing. It changed my life. And you share it with them and they're like, hmm, All right. Good for you. All right. And, you know, because that was your word in that moment. Have you ever done that where you underline something in the Bible and then you read that chapter like a year or two later and you're like, huh, wonder why that verse stood out to me that day. You know, you just, it's how it happens. And it gets you right there. It's the sword you need at the moment you need it. I want to tell you that the Bible has changed people's lives when they have that one scripture that jumps out at them. There's a book called 100 Bible Verses That Changed the World by William and Randy Peterson. And they talk about the verses that famous people read throughout history and how this person said, I can no longer be involved in the slave trade. That verse has changed my life. I can no longer do this. I must answer the call. I need to sell this. I need to do this. I need to build this. I need to leverage this. All because of one verse that jumped out. It was different for different people because the word of God becomes a rhema in your hand, a sword for the exact occasion that you need it. I'd like to point something out that's pretty obvious. How many know that you don't always have your Bible with you when you're facing temptation? It's not the way the devil works. He's like, oh, okay, you've got your Bible right there with a handy concordance and you're ready to look it up. I'm going to tempt you. Go ahead and look up all the scriptures on temptation and uh, find one to fight me. How many of you know that, that doesn't happen? A teenager's not like out on a date wondering how far they should go. It's getting a little hot and heavy. They're like, hold on, let me grab the family Bible. Uh, <laughs> hold on. it has got to be something in here. <laughs> yeah. is that how it works? You're not in the marketplace trying to make an ethical or unethical deal, and you don't have time to say, hey, everybody, could we just consult the Word of God real quick and see if we should make this deal or not, Right? So if that's the case, how many know that we need to memorize the Word of God? We need to memorize the Word of God, because the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that Jesus says, the things that are in His Word, and He can't bring it to remembrance if we're not getting it in there. And so as we memorize the Word of God, it it trains us to be more equipped for what God has called us to do. Some of you say, well, Pastor Rob, it's, it's just barely enough for me to read the Bible. You talked about SOAP, Scripture obli- Observation Application Prayer, and I've been doing that. It's on the website for the church, in case you're wondering. And you're saying, I've been reading that chapter today, but that's even a struggle. And now you're telling me to memorize things. I don't think I can do it, Pastor Rob. I'm out. Stop giving yourself excuses. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you said, I'm no longer living for myself. I'm living for you. You didn't say, I just want to be a church attender. You said, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I will attend a local church and work together with other believers to make a greater impact than I could by myself. But I'm working together with them as a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read his word. I'm going to memorize his word. And I'm going to use the weapons that he's given to me to defeat the enemy so I can be a victorious Christian as I follow him. So stop giving yourself excuses, you're a disciple. And start reading the Word, start memorizing the Word, and getting it in you. You say, well, I'm doing good right now. You should really memorize it in the good times. Roman soldiers would actually train with armor that weighed twice as much as their regular armor, so that when it was good times, they could train and be even more prepared so in the battle they were even more ready for the moment that happened. Get it in you while you can, So that when you face the battle, you're even more prepared and the Holy Spirit can bring them back to remembrance. There's another book called 100 Bible Verses Everyone Should Know by Heart by Robert Morgan. I actually have that book. I'm reading it right now. I'm trying to see which of the hundred I already know, which of the hundred I don't, kind of adding some to my arsenal, if you will. It's a great book, and if you don't know where to start, just go ahead and Google verses people should memorize, popular verses. Go ahead and start memorizing some of these and getting them in your mind so that the Holy Spirit can start to bring them to remembrance because here's what happens. When you start to memorize Scripture, you have clearer thoughts. You know why? Because you have good stuff going in. Good stuff is going in, and you have good stuff coming in, and so you're going to have clearer thoughts in life because the good is being placed in your mind. You know what's going to happen? You're going to have calmer nerves if you, rec- if you memorize the Bible because all of a sudden the enemy is going to throw something at you and you're going to remember Romans eight twenty eight. we know that all things work together for good. To them, who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose and you're saying, you know what, somehow in this tragedy, in this crisis, I know that all things work together for good and I don't know how, but I know his word says that and it will calm me in that situation. You will have better emotions if you memorize Scripture Because if you start memorizing scriptures like Proverbs that say, don't make friends with a hot-tempered man or you'll learn his ways. How many know you'll be a better person if you memorize that scripture and apply it to your life? You'll start having better emotions. You'll have pure habits if you memorize scriptures like Psalm 119.11. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's saying your word becomes that sword in my life. You'll have happier homes if you memorize scripture, especially if you have your children obey or memorize the scripture, children obey your parents. How many know that's a really good one in there? (laughs) Start the family memory verse with that one. You'll have greater respect of the people around you if you have the word of God memorized. Because in that critical moment, the Holy Spirit can give you that exact rhema that you need. And in that exact moment, he gives you exactly what was needed for that situation. I remember recently I was at a restaurant and uh, was with some people from church and uh, looking around the restaurant, in case you didn't know this, I always do this. I look at the restaurant, I'm like, do I know anybody here? Do they go to our church? Are they, uh, do I know them? If I even think you go to your, our church, I try to wave at you or smile and even people that don't go to our church, I'm like, good to see you Sunday. And they're like, what? You know, so I just do that, so. But I was in the restaurant and uh, noticed a guy that I knew went to our church and he goes to our church and I could, you see, it was like a business deal and and so I walked over to the table. I said, hey, good to see you. And they said, oh, this is so-and-so. We're entertaining them. They're potential clients or whatever. And uh, the potential client said, well, we need some wisdom in this situation. And I said, well, you know what? We're going to pray for wisdom because the Bible actually says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally. I'm going to ask that God gives you a liberal dose of wisdom. And he's like, that's in there? I'm like, yeah, it's in there. He's like, well, we will take a liberal dose. We're in. It was a rhema in that exact moment that he needed to hear that could have unlocked this man's heart to the gospel of Jesus Christ, all because it was in here and it came out and it became a sword that made a difference. And the last thing, if you memorize scripture, you will just have an eternal optimism because you'll know, like Romans 8 says, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, nothing, even if we die, the Bible says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So that becomes a rhema in your hands as you're facing death and you realize nothing can separate me from the love of God and I am going to win even if you think I lose because I'm going on to heaven. So we become eternal optimists because of memorizing the word of God and that becoming a rhema in our hand. The last thing I'll say about this, Hebrews 4.12 talks about the word of God and I want to read this scripture. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. If you've ever wondered how the sermon could be so relevant, that's because the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is becoming rhema in that moment. You're facing something and all of a sudden God says, that's exactly what you need. And instead of having a sword like this that it would inflict damage on you, you know what the Lord has? He has like a surgeon's scalpel. And the word of God goes into your heart and it says, that's got to go. We're cutting that out. That's got to go too. And by the way, while we're in there doing surgery, we're going to clean that up too. That's how the word of God works on us. And if you let the word of God work on you, it'll cut things out of your life that you don't need there anymore that are hindering your walk with God. And the the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, works on you and takes care of you and changes you and makes you into the image of Jesus Christ. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's an offensive weapon that we have that we can use to go and defeat the enemy. And I'm praying that we'll use this weapon. Let's not leave it on the shelf. Let's not leave it on the shelf. Let's let the Word of God become rhema as we read it, Let it become rhema as we memorize it. And in those situations, it becomes exactly the sword we need to defeat the enemy. Now, I want to ask you this. How many of you would commit, and you don't have to raise your hand, but you'd say, I will commit to memorizing at least some scripture now. I will commit to memorizing some scripture. And I want you right now as we close out the service to just think about what you could commit to. Could you do one a month for the remainder of the year? Could you do one a week, maybe stretch yourself? And don't set the goal too high because some of you have not memorized Scripture at all. I challenge you to have your kids memorize Scripture and to start to memorize these things so that it can become the rhema that you need. And so right now, I'd like you to bow your head and just for a moment, between you and God, come up with a number. Come up with a number. Will you memorize three Scriptures? How about a half dozen, maybe a dozen, maybe one a week, and you don't even know how many weeks are left, but you'll do it. One a week. Some of you might be thinking, well, I'll just do the short ones. That's okay. Get them in you. It's the short sword that was used by Jesus. Just memorize short ones and get them in you. But it's time for us to say, Lord, you've been giving us this weapon. We own Bibles. We own Bibles. I own 22 Bibles on one shelf. We own Bibles. But, Lord, the Bible, we want it to get in us, and we want it to be rhema. We want it to be there as a sword for the exact moment we need it. So Lord, I come into agreement with all these here now that are saying, Lord, we want to memorize your word. No guilt, no condemnation. Doesn't matter if we've ever memorized a scripture ever before. We're here saying that we want to memorize your word. We want to have it be real and living and active in our life. We want it to be rhema in those moments that we need. Quicken it to us, Holy Spirit, so that we can know exactly what we need to say at the right moment. We have the exact weapon to defeat the enemy as he attacks us. So we thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray that we'd be committed to this, memorizing more of your word. As we read it, it would become part of us as we memorize it. And I thank you for that. And I come into agreement with all those that are making a commitment now. They're saying, I'm going to memorize this many. And I thank you for that, Lord. They're going to be better equipped disciples and followers of yours. For some, that was a revelation. They're not attenders, they are disciples. We are working together to fight a spiritual battle to defeat the enemy and to advance the kingdom of God. And I pray we'd wake up to that and live to the level that you've called us to live to. So I thank you for that. Your word is powerful. Your word is real. And I pray that it would be rhema to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Can we stand all across this place?